Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Float Your Boat. I'm just trying to be the orchestra at the same time as introducing the other person on the line. Who's that? Uh, I'm me. Uh, uh, Brett Pattinson. And I'm George Sabados. And where are we going with today's interview, Brett? Oh, we're going to Bondi, which isn't far from... You know, you never, you never leave that place. You've got a Bondi chest, George, far from manly. <laughs> <laughs> Geographically, <laughs> I, I, I know. yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> hey, George, I've got a I've got a joke which is apt for this app and for this interview. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah, what yeah. did Buddha say to the hot dog salesman? Make me one with everything. Racha. <laughs> You're the king of one-liners. You're I, the king of really yes. bad one-liners and the king of really bad dad jokes. And great That's, quotes. And great quotes. And speaking of great quotes, Gareth has a few. Ga- tell us a little bit about Gareth, your mate Gareth. My mate Gareth Robinson, um, yes. also, also known, known as Chop. Chop. Choppy. Yeah, there you go. Snap. Um, Crackle and Chop. I met Gareth uh, Chop at the surf club via my son Lennon, who... Yes. Uh, Gareth is the patrol captain for my son's patrol, which is uh, Baldock Ormsby, well, now Baldock. And uh, Lennon used to always come home and say that he really liked his patrol captain because he treated, uh, Gareth treated all the youngsters as equals. He didn't, he didn't have a hierarchy of old and young and he didn't try to foist his um, opinions down on the, on the youngsters. He'd actually ask for their which- opinions. Which made him very unusual, given the context. It's certainly, certainly yeah. true of our surf club. Yes, I was going to say, you know, it's it's surprising that that um, you know Gareth is going to show and reveal um, that he's a man of depth. He is. He is a man of depth. When you meet, well, he's always been uh, a very uh, humble bloke to me. Yes, um, yes. and kind, and yes. just an all-round good guy. I mean, I don't. Like me, yeah, like you, George, in (laughs) your own mind, (laughs) humble to a fault, as they say. (laughs) So, um, so, but Gareth has invented and created an app with an with his brother-in-law called Mm. Thriver, and uh, I think you'll find this listeners this uh, interview really interesting. All right, well, shall we get him on? We shall get him on. Uh, b- before we go, don't yep. forget, listeners, because we're back now and we're doing like two interviews a week because of our uh, current situation, we've got a little bit of extra time. Mm-hmm. If you're loving what you're hearing, please go on to your favourite podcasting app and like us, subscribe to us and leave a rating. Only five star, of course. If you're going to leave four or three, oh, piss off. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, shall we get on with it, George? Let's get on with it. Here we go. Get out of darkness! 
Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Question, why do they call you Chop? Oh, George, that's a, that's a very old, deep, dark family secret that I, I, I keep to myself. And unfortunately, I keep it to myself because the, the real story is, is very boring. So a little bit of mystery is better around that nickname than, uh, than the actual reality, unfortunately. Well, would you like to enlighten us a little bit? Well, I can tell you then, the, the, the real story that I don't often share is quite, it's a simple one. And a good friend of mine, Robbie Clayton, used to have an expression that he said, this is back in university when if we were going out um, to have perhaps a few drinks or, or going to an event or doing something, whatever it was, doing some exercise and, and it, someone would ask him, you know, do you want to do X, Y, Z? And he would say, don't you worry about that chopper. So it's just a silly expression. And I picked that up. I borrowed it from him. Right. And so I started saying that. Don't okay. you worry about that chopper. Don't you worry about that chopper. We're going to have some beers tonight after the footy, Gareth. Don't you worry about that chopper. And then basically they flipped it around 180 degrees and started calling me Chopper. And then as with a lot of nicknames, Chopper got shortened to Chop. And that's, yeah, right. that is that right. is the, the truth. No, so no, I, no undertones of uh, being a hitman or anything like that. Just, uh, just simple, <laughs> simple chop. No, nothing like that. Although oh, okay. Chopper Reed did kind of become notorious about a couple of years after my nickname really stuck, so that was quite yeah, interesting. Right. It was being be- a young so it was because of you, and, was it? Uh, <laughs> was it was nothing to do with me. Nothing right. to do with me. Nothing to do with helicopters. Nothing to do with lamb chops. All very, very boring, unfortunately. Right. Right. So. So, Gareth, you're originally from Wellington. I can, I can, I can sense that you have a Kiwi accent. It's more an international accent, I would like to think, George. But yes, I, um, <laughs> I still have a bit of a Kiwi twang. So, originally from Wellington, New Zealand, and moved to, well, moved to Sydney via via England back in early 2000. Actually, I was lucky enough to live in Sydney when the Sydney Olympics were on. So that was an amazing experience to live in town when that was happening. So, uh, so Gareth, um, let's go back a little bit to start with. So, you you, you were born in Wellington uh, to uh, great parents, I assume. How many brothers and sisters? <laughs> One brother, an older brother, Ben. So, yep, born in Wellington, grew up in Wellington, and went to actually I had a, a my last year of high school in Minnesota in America on a student exchange, which was quite interesting, and then I spent. My first kind of stint at university was in Wellington, Victoria Uni. And then from there, um, yeah, from there I've travelled overseas. I don't know, do you want me to keep going or is that enough for now? Keep, you can keep on going. We can just sit back and listen and yeah. uh, chime <laughs> in about, when we need to. This is about you, Gareth, not us. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It's all about me. So, so yeah, so I, a Wellington boy, Kiwi boy, grew up there. Went to university there, and then, like a lot of Kiwis and Aussies, uh, was interested in, in you know England, America, perhaps experiencing a bit of an overseas experience. So I spent my mid twenties, a couple of years in London, caught a bit of a travel bug, ended up coming back, and it was just before the millennial, uh, the was it the millennial, the millennial bug, I think it was called, 
And yeah. so I had to get home before the world all, all went to shit. Excuse <laughs> oh, my you remember, French. You remember and that. And I got, <clears throat> yeah. And I got back to Wellington late 1999, but I happened to visit Bondi on the way through and spent 10 days in Bondi enjoying a wonderful early summer. It was probably about October to work and I thought not going to be many people on the beach because everyone's going to be working. Of course, I hadn't actually been to Bondi before, not realising that when I got there, there was about myself and five thousand other people on the beach. So, so had a lot of fun in Bondi for ten days. Went back to Wellington, New Zealand, and um, and waited and waited and waited for summer to start, and it never did. Or it started in about March. So that's when I decided to come back to Sydney, and really that probably is where my Sydney adventure started, which was as I said, early two thousand. Yeah, you didn't realise you didn't realise at the time being a, being a Kiwi and having lived in in England for a while that uh, you know when the sun's out. <laughs> people chuck a sickie over here and go get head down to the beach and 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 apart from that every backpacker from around the world parks themselves in sydney during during the summer period so the beaches are full aren't they on a daily basis that's right it was amazing i, I literally i can still remember that it was a long time ago and i walked down hall street across campbell parade looked out on the beach it was probably 10 a.m on a Thursday, and there was literally two, three thousand people on the beach. Mm. It, was a, it was a beautiful Sydney summer's day. So yeah, mm. so that's kind of how I arrived in Sydney. I know, as an employer, I used to hate I used to hate employees chucking a sickie on a good day, but <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> that's right. So moving a little bit forward, so you graduated uni doing what? That's a good. So question. actually, I've got a Bachelor of Arts in Anthropology. Of all things, so all right. study studying culture and society. So not archaeology, but anthropology. So that was that was a degree. I was a little bit interested in it, to be honest with you. But I think I was one of those people that decided that I, I needed to get a, I wanted to get a university degree. I wasn't quite sure what I was interested in, and that just seemed quite interesting. So that's what I did. I also did quite a lot of marketing within that within that degree. Well, it shows that you're smarter than you actually look. That's great. <laughs> So, well, so you so you left uni, you did anthropology. What? How? Mm. Where did you go next? Like, what did did you get straight into um, business, into marketing, coaching, sales, etc.? Or what? What happened? So, I, from from university, I got a sales role. So, my first job out of university was in sales, and really, the you know, jump ahead 20, 25 years, and that's where I've spent most of my corporate career until I left corporate three, four years ago. So I took a business to business selling role and I like getting on with people. I'm reasonably good at chatting and, and I, you know, I enjoyed the sales process and further down the track as I developed and became a sales manager and sales leader, I really enjoyed the, that coaching element uh, and managing teams and trying to, um, you know, trying to get the, get the sale in and the, um, achieve what the business was trying to achieve through through our people. So that was really something that I enjoyed. But, but yeah, that first job out of university was in sales. And then I did have a bit of a stint in uh, in London, just taking contracting roles. And um, as, a, as a lot of people do, as I mentioned before, early, early mid-20s, Kiwi Aussies, South Africans, a lot of people living in London, having some fun over there. So I, again, my story's not unique. I, 
when we came back to Sydney. So we're jumping jumping quite a quite a bit ahead here. But I did with along with my beautiful wife Joe um, and now my two kids, Summer and Chase. We spent nearly six years in Dubai, and I moved back to Sydney, which is my home, Sydney. Moved back to Sydney in early 2014. And the kids were of an age then that when we moved to Bondi, probably old enough to get into nippers. So that's when I decided, um, as well as the kids getting into nippers, and I've always grown up um, next to the ocean in, in Wellington, New Zealand as well. I love the ocean. So that's when I decided that it was probably not too late to get my bronze medallion and maybe um, pitch in with nippers and it evolved from there. Yeah, really good. So um, let's let's stick with uh, the the business side of things. You mm. so you were in corporate for many years. Did it get to the point where you burnt out, or like uh, I guess where I'm leading this is towards uh, what you're doing now and why you're doing it? Sure. Um, what was the the you know the steps towards mm. that? I guess. So I think. And again, I don't think this is a very unique story, but in my mid-40s, I started questioning what it, what it was I wanted to do in my life. And I, I spent some time with some executive coaches. And one of the questions that one of the executive coaches asked me was, uh, or exercises, if you like, was to write your retirement speech. So I went away and I had to think about what, what was I going to say if I'm standing up in front of a room full of my closest friends and family, work colleagues, you know, 20, 30 years in the future, what am I going to say to them? Am I going to say that I've spent my whole career working for, you know, large Fortune 500 organizations, helping someone in New York or Ireland um, increase their net worth and working in an industry that, you know, I wasn't, didn't have much of an affinity to, so that was a really good question for me to have a, I guess, go a bit deep and really have a look at what it was that I enjoyed about my roles, what it was I wanted to be doing for the next 20, 30 years. So that was the starting point. And then I spent two to three years, again, I don't think this is particularly unusual, working through this process of looking at what was it that I really you know, enjoyed? Could I try and find a purpose, et cetera, et cetera. And, and from there... Um, I shifted from kind of large corporate to smaller organizations, trying to, again, have more um, say in what I was doing with the businesses. And from there, um, I had an opportunity to start a consultancy, which was just working for myself as a initially as a sales consultant. And this was probably three, four years ago now. So I, I, I created a small business, did some consulting. And again, over the following 12 to 24 months, I did some more work on myself to try and understand what was it exactly that I wanted to be doing. And I realized that I really enjoyed the coaching and the teaching element of what, um, of my previous roles as a sales leader. And also the, with the consulting that I had been doing, I really enjoyed that kind of coaching, mentoring, teaching element. And when I look back 20, 30 years ago, I actually always had an idea that I'd quite like to be a teacher, but like many, I kind of got on that whole corporate gravy train, if you like. So, so no surprise for me now, really, that my, you know, at the time anyway, my day job became as a consultant, coach, teacher, 
uh, teaching presentation skills. I do a little bit of sessional lecturing at university and also doing some sales consulting and some effective communication training. So that, that was kind of where I was a couple of years ago. And then throughout this process, um, I guess I uncovered what I would call my purpose without getting too, <laughs> too namaste on everyone. But yeah, that's, that's, and that's where Thrive Rack came about. So I'm not sure yeah. whether you want me to well, talk about that or... Well, let's let's talk about your purpose first, because that that was the prelude mm -hmm. to uh, Thrive Rap. So, what did you what did you become aware of? So, go, did go back to I guess. Well, okay. Let, how can I say this? Let me start again. So, when I when I went into business for myself, one of the challenges for me was finding a network of people that resonated with me, that I could get help from, that I could also help. Um, in, in a business sense. So who could help me create the business I wanted to create? Mm. And so that was the initial kind of idea around Thriver app was to build a community that would help people in a similar position as myself. And then, but when I started doing some research and ran some focus groups and did some surveys and met with some mates about, you know, what they were looking for, I realized that actually it wasn't just about business. It was more about life. And now, to be fair, similar to float your boat, you know, if you look at what you you two are doing with this podcast, that high level goal of Thrive Rap is not dissimilar to float your boat's um, goal, which is about helping people understand um, how to how to be happier ultimately at the end of the day. So yeah, so when I was running those that research and those focus groups, there was a common thread that came through, which was around people were people were open to uh, helping each other and also learning from experts in their field. And, you know, I, I would also draw an analogy between what I've created with Thrive Rap along with my brother-in-law, Jeremy Horn, and a surf club. You know, a surf club is a diverse community of people that have a common goal and they're there to learn, they're there to teach, and they're there to improve society. So I like to think of Thrive Rap in a way, a little bit like a surf club, and that it's a community that is trying to help people. So jumping back into my purpose, you know, my purpose is really just to help people get better and to ultimately, again, this is just is pretty generic, I guess, but ultimately to lead the world in a better place than it was when I, when I arrived. And in a small way, if I can do that through Thriver app, then that's amazing, you know? I, I think what you're doing is an amazing thing and uh, it is uh, like Float Your Boat or the Surf Club or many other like-minded things and uh, the idea of bringing them all together is a really great idea. So tell us a little bit more about, about the app. So the app started as a face-to-face -face network and then we realised that it would be, you know, people are so time poor and perhaps pre-coronavirus people particularly were time poor now we seem to have a little bit more time up our sleeves or some of us do, but you know, that whole, everyone's too busy. So we decided rather than a face-to-face -face network, we'll create an app that made it very easy for someone to get on there, have a look at what people are doing, focused on that kind of self-development, um, personal growth content, if you like, and really make it easy for people to turn the kind of success systems to, figure out the tools and techniques that some of these hyper successful people are doing 
and then embed that in their own lives. So, you know, the app itself, it's live, it's still its beta version. So we're still developing, we're really an early stage startup. But the idea is that you can go on the app and you can find out what Tim Ferriss, Gretchen Rubin, Barack Obama, Richard Branson, any number of these hyper successful people, what do they do to live fulfilled and happy lives? And what we're, we're not saying that we're not saying that you need to become them because of course that that would be ridiculous. What we're saying there are certain things that these people do that help them to be happier and healthier. So we're making that an easy place, a single destination where you can go in there, you can find that that resonates, whatever that may be. It could be a morning routine, it could be just a inspirational quote, and then you can build that into your own thriver list, your own. Um, profile if you like and then ultimately begin to be more effective to live a more fulfilled happier life i am i am curious though gareth how did you gain access to these people to understand what they do or did you just lift everything off the internet that's a great question george yeah the second part of that is true so all this content is available but this is another problem you know and if you if you if you are in this kind of startup entrepreneurial space, you know, everyone talks about you've got to, what's the problem you solve and how do you solve it? Well, one of the problems we solve is that all the content's out there, but it's, you know, it's on medium.com, it's on success.com, it's on inc.com, it's, um, it's on Pinterest, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, it's on LinkedIn. So again, the content's there, but it's difficult to navigate through, um, through the, the the internet as you say so we've collected that it's all publicly available and we've put it in a format that makes it easy for you to find what will resonate with you predominantly through what we call our thriver app heroes so again we've built out these hero lists the other thing is you know some people say to me well i can just listen to tim ferris's blog if i'm interested in tim ferris and that's true you can that's a long format one hour sometimes two hour blog He's got amazing books that he's written. He's got great content, but also we're time poor. So if you want to just quickly see what, what is it that really resonates with Tim, what books does he recommend? And then also who's following Tim Ferriss and or who does he like and who does he follow so that you can then build out that, um, that knowledge base around Tim and perhaps some of his, some of his colleagues, if you like. So, so, one of the things uh, that spring to mind for me is that what you're doing is um, shortcutting people having to outlay large sums of money to do courses with, you know, any of these number of people, which cost a lot of money, a lot of time, etc. You're condensing it all down into chewable bits. You're making it, you're making it accessible to everyone. Yeah, 100%. It's a, look, it is a, it's a content play and it is, you, you're right, Brett, it is making though, that information easily accessible. What we also have though for people like, and you know, Tim Ferriss is an apex predator in this kind of life design field, if you like. So it wouldn't be someone like him, but perhaps where Tim Ferriss was 10 years ago, someone like that can actually use the community that Thriver app will become to, again, to share their message to to um, to let their their community or their tribe know that you know they do offer online workshops, online courses. So we're not really taking away from that, but we are 
aiming to save people time by, to your point, put it in very e easily digestible chunks. Now, obviously, obviously, Gareth, you, you've, um, I mean, you've you've questioned your life journey. Uh, you've mm. you you're a deep, uh, introspective kind of thinker, um, and and you have a bent towards towards uh, philosophy as well. Uh, I understand that you're, uh, you're you're continuing to learn and practice Stoicism. Uh, um, tell us a little bit about that, because I'm because uh, you know that's a favourite subject of mine as well. Oh, it's a George. I love Stoicism. I love Stoicism. So look again. The, the, I want to call out. It's very early in my journey into philosophy and understanding um, how to be, I guess, more Stoic, if you like. But mm. you know, I've mentioned Tim Ferriss. There's people like Ryan Holiday. There are a lot of successful people that follow this philosophy. And where I first discovered it, and I mentioned before that I do some teaching at university and, and with creating some content for my consultancy, I'm often looking for inspirational quotes and mm. articles. And again, with searching the content for Thrive Rap, same story. I'd come across these various quotes and or articles written by Stoics and um, you know, the famous quote, I think, from Epictetus around, you know, we've got two ears and one mouth, i.e. we should be listening twice as much as we talk when, if we want to be an effective communicator. Now, Epictetus is one of the three, you know, uh, modern day Stoics. So, so I just discovered it through this journey of trying to understand how to be a better leader and how to teach some of my students. So for me, Stoicism has been, well, it really has, it's been life-changing to helped me build my self-awareness and recognize that, um, you know, I am a very, very small part of what is a, a ginormous world. And, you know, I guess I, yeah, so sorry, a couple of things on this for me with stoicism is one is it's helped me focus on just what I control and not worry so much about those elements that are outside of my control, which is a major kind of tenet of stoicism. The other thing for me is it's helped me with my ego and I don't think I've ever had a really big ego, but I think we've all got one. And so for me, recognizing that and then building out my self-awareness, you know, stoicism has been very helpful in that process. And then I also find some of the, just I take the quotes from Marcus Aurelius and Seneca, et cetera. And if I'm feeling a little bit down, uh, a little bit demotivated, I, I just dip into some of their content and I find that it just, um, it, it, without sounding like a plonker, it, it lifts me up or it inspires me to continue. Yeah, there's a, there's actually a, a, a great book um, that you might want to get a hold of if you don't have it already, but certainly for the, for our listeners. Uh, it, it's written by a man called Donald Robertson and uh, it's it's called How to Think Like a Roman Emperor. And it's all about stoicism and the development of stoicism and, and culminating in Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, that's right, Brett. I mean, that's, oh, that's a great. classic example, right? It's a classic example. You're in the pub, at least when we're allowed to go to the pub, and you're having a chat like this with some of your mates and someone says, hey, have you listened to that podcast? Or And, and George, you know, again, it's uh, we've got to continue to chat about this offline so don't bore your listeners to tears too much. But yeah, that, that that's a... I have not read that book, but I've heard about it. It is in my list of my to-read list. Um, and again, yes, Brett, that is exactly what Thrive Rap does. It allows you to put something like that very easily into an app, and then it's there forever. So if I forget about that book now, which I won't, um, but if I did, then 
two months later, I could go into Thriver app and I could search in my scrapbook and it would be right there. So, so that, that again, it's about so, a, building a repository of, of everything that's important, you know? Everything that's important to each user. Is that right? So, yeah. Or, or, so it's or, or is there so, cross sharing? Is there cross sharing available as well? So you, you have a feed just like you do on Instagram and Facebook, and and you can um, see what other people have if they if they are willing to share. The other element with this is you don't. It's it's about self improvement, not selfies, right? right? So if you want to post the latest cat video or something like that, then you're you're on the wrong platform. This is about sharing the stuff that that really shifts the dial in your in your world or your life so and exactly like what you just said then george that 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 book and yes if you're on thriver app you would more than likely have that book in your in your favorite book list i would be able to see it and then i can just easily copy it into my profile so that it's there it's there so the, you know again early days for us as an organization but ultimately we're wanting to build a going back to that initial idea around building a community that would help me in business and life that's again what we're trying to do by creating a community with people sharing as i said before everything that matters but yeah you're right uh, everything that matters to that individual because what works for me is not necessarily going to work for you and vice versa right okay and yep and uh, well, i suppose how does um how does someone um uh, get on board so probably the the simplest ways again you can just download the app we've got our beta version live on google play in the app store so if you just search for thriver app on either of those um platforms then you'll be able to download the app or if you want to just check the website out which is thriverapp.com you can check that out and we will be we're actually about to do a, a major launch tied into a kickstarter crowdfunding campaign Therefore, um, you know, watch the space. So we'll we'll on that website we'll have a link to the the crowdfund crowdfunding landing page, and we'll be offering some you know various various perks etc. to get people on board and really build out the platform a bit further. So let's uh, talk a little bit more about the app. So another thing that springs to mind for me is it's a great way of um, decluttering your mind really because you can put everything onto the app into your personal profile and as you say forget it or if you've got a bad memory like my good self um you you hear stuff all the time and you think where am i going to put that so i can access it this is a great way to do that yeah what is yeah it is it, again it's a single destination for you to put all that stuff that is important to you that you're you know you're you're listening to a podcast and someone recommends you know float your boat so you can you can save that into your into thriver app and it will be there forever so it is that single repository i think the other thing that's really important and from some of the um feedback we've got from our users and and our beta testers is that what we also though need to do it's, it's okay to have the content and a community, but if you're not helping people actually embed it into their lives, then, then you're really missing a trick and you're not delivering on ultimately what we're trying to do, which is to help people live better lives. So that's part of the reason we're running a crowdfunding campaign is to build some AI tech into the app. So it's not just about putting everything that matters in there. 
seeing what some of your heroes and some of your mates are doing and what, what you know, morning routine or exercise or, or supplement works for them. It's also about helping you embed whatever that may be into your life. So that's where we, we are developing a, what we're calling a five to thrive system, which is just focusing on five key areas to, to truly live your best life, but also building some AI into the app you know, notifications, recommendations, etc. little pushes and pulls to really help that user um, change over time. So I think that's probably two, two important elements to remember. Like what are the key, oh, learnings, the key learnings for you so far, I guess? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, I, you know, I'm lucky because I, I've been one of the main people to actually find and curate all this content. So the first thing along with stoicism for me, and, and that's how I discovered stoicism as well, was partly through trying to find all this content. But for me, what it's, it's, it's made me more humble than I was previously, because when you look at Barack Obama's reading list and you realize there's 15 books on there that you haven't heard of, and you, you realize that, you know, even though you thought you're a pretty good reader, you've got a long way to go. So it's in, my, my, one of my major learnings in this process has been there are so many fantastic, um, successful, happy people out there doing some amazing things. So that was the first kind of key takeaway for me. And then if I look at, there was a common thread through what these hyper successful people do on a daily basis to be successful. So these are the key things that I've really taken away. This does also relate in part to our five to thrive system, which uh, uh, is again, do these five things consistently and you will be, you know, you'll be in a far better space than you previously were. So the five things that I noticed that were common, the number one thing is meditation. And I put my hand up, I don't meditate. I practice a little bit of mindfulness right now, but I'm, I'm working on one of my goals for this year is to actually start meditating. That was the first thing that really, I guess, stuck out was that a lot of these people are meditating, maybe only 10 minutes a day, but they're all meditating. And then the second thing that um, a lot of these people are doing on a daily basis is some form of exercise and usually in the morning. So no surprise for you guys, I'm sure that exercise is important, both from a physical and a mental health point of view. So those are key learning. Um, what else have we got? We've got going back to, again, there's a lot of, uh, inter, I guess, commonalities with this stuff. But again, when I'm teaching leadership to university students, self, building your self-awareness and becoming more authentic is a, is a great um, goal to have as a leader. And again, a lot of the people within Thriver app, these hyper successful people, they talk about, Gary V talks about embracing your truth. Um, you know, Richard Branson is about as authentic as you come. So again, building out your authenticity by firstly becoming more self-aware is a major learning for me as well. There's a couple more ones in there as well, but for me, that's it. You know, some form of meditation, mindfulness, making sure you're exercising, if not daily, you know, frequently, and then becoming more self-aware. Those are probably three major learnings that I've picked up in this process. So here's a, here's a question for you. Um, what about those people who are hugely successful and, and don't, don't follow those five key points? And there should be, and there would be a few out there, 
So here's, here's a question, not a question, but a comment on that. I mean, define success, because again, mm. that would be something that, um, you know, if you are, yeah, and my definition of success is that you are authentic and happy and contributing to society in some form. Now, that doesn't mean you can be a banker who donates, you know, 10% of, of her income to charities and as a volunteer. And if, if you want to be a banker and you, you love your job and you're contributing to society, then you're successful. If you want to be the local barista who also supports the community and you love your job, then you are equally as successful in my eyes as that banker who may earn 10 times what the barista does. So, you know, I think just to call that out, I think we can all, um, I think we can all get better, right? So I would argue that probably almost anyone could could use a helping hand to improve themselves um, but it's not for everyone you know and we, we are targeting I guess the the Millennials so if I, if I, I think we're probably all out of the uh, the, 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 the target market <laughs> ourselves we might be a little bit older than that but we are targeting you know Millennials who are looking to um, develop themselves and are interested in um, interested in entrepreneurship as well as kind of initial, I guess, first um, target market for us. So, uh, Gareth, in this in these times that we're in now, which for a lot of people are stressful, um, there's a lot of mm. people in isolation, etc. What have you been doing personally to get yourself through all this? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. And yeah, you know, I'd also like to put my hand up and say, I'm not a psychologist. I'm probably not qualified to say, this is what I'm doing and this will work for everyone. But I think certainly, I think a silver lining to this process is that, or the situation that we find ourselves in is that people are um, re readjusting and or realigning what their views of success may be and looking at spending more time um, with their family and loved ones if they're lucky enough to have you know loved ones that are in their same house so probably adjusting or readjusting to what's important and spending more time with our family has been a um, you know as a positive from this um, but to answer your question Brett <laughs> rather than ramble on is for me, I have, um, I've set up a gym in the garage and, I, and I'm very lucky, you know, we've got, whilst I've lost a, a percentage of my income, um, we, uh, we're okay financially in the short term. We have a reasonably large apartment where we live here in Bondi. Uh, my kids are of an age, they're 10 and 14, that the homeschooling hasn't been too trying so far. So. You know, compared to many, I'm extremely lucky to be where I am. Not as lucky as others, but, but you know, I'm lucky. So I know for many, this uh, isolation has been much harder. So I want to call that out initially. But for me, I've been maintaining my exercise. I've been um, reading. And I've also started working a little bit on some morning affirmations, which, is, which has been a new process for me. But essentially looking at some um, quote, inspirational quotes, some mantras, if mm. you like, that um, just get me to pull my head in a little bit when I'm feeling perhaps a little bit sorry for myself. I, I, have, a, I have a number of questions for you, Gareth, but I, 
I'm not sure if I if I'm if I'm allowed to pursue them any further. <laughs> what do you reckon, Brett? Do we have enough time? Sure, we've got we've got as much time as we need to have. I can always yeah, I mean, edit some of it. You know, um, affirmations affirmations I've I've found to be uh, you know it's kind of like uh, I found that for most people it's um, the expectation is that all they need is affirmations and they can sit on a rock and listen to the wind and, and the universe will deliver <laughs> exactly what they ask for. It doesn't quite work that way. Does it Gareth? Well, it hasn't for me yet. I've been asking no. for a while and it That's certainly right. hasn't, 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 hasn't either. but no, look, I, I don't. And again, I, I'm, I don't think I'm actually using affirmations as they're supposed to be. I don't sit there and then a Lotus pose and, and, you know, uh, repeat the, the, the word out loud. I literally have in, in Thrive Wrap, I have eight or nine um, quotes and or sentences or, or sayings or mantras, if you like, that, that help me. And then what I do when I'm a bit down sometimes or I'm yeah. feeling a bit flat, I'll literally just open that up and read them, you know. Um, yeah. And I find for me, so I know probably by, you know, by definition, that's not how you're supposed to use or, or work with morning affirmations. And it doesn't, but I do find it lifts my mood, I guess will probably be the end result of having a look at that and going, okay. And, you know, one of them is, is, is memento more, which is, you know, an old stoic um, mantra, if you like, just, just about the fact that, you know, we could leave, we could leave this life tomorrow. So, um, you know, mm. just, just be thankful of, of the here and now. So, um, yeah, as I said, I don't think it certainly hasn't delivered a, a, a pot of gold, but it, it helps me mentally. It helps me mentally stay strong. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I mean, it's, it's interesting that uh, you could fashion your whole, your whole daily routine uh, through, through your app. Um, and it's uh, and it and it caters for every aspect of, of your day. That's really well, good. I mean, millennials. It yeah. So sorry, George, to interrupt, sorry? but I'd say like I don't. You know, the the ironic thing is I don't actually even like apps. You know, um, and along with my brother-in-law, I've created one. But so the expectation for me with Thrive App isn't for people to be dipping in. You know, every hour of every day. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, it, I think it, it will evolve as we evolve, evolve the business. But certainly for me, in the morning and in the evening, um, using it to help um, perhaps set a direction for your day would, would not be a bad bad way to use the app. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I, I guess millennials, um, <laughs> you know, would, would, would really need something like this. I mean... You know, we're going through a bit of a crisis at the moment, but you know, for guys that have been on this earth a little bit longer, we've uh, we've been through similar crises, um, end of the earth experiences a few times already. I always think of that uh, great saying or quote: uh, "Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water; after enlightenment, carry water, chop wood." <laughs> well, I haven't heard that. You see. It's... I mean, Oh, you're going to write that down and put it in your Thriver app. <laughs> I just did. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so Gareth, uh, George, are you good? You good to go? I'm good, mate. I'm good. So, um, just one more time, Gareth, tell everybody how they can get onto the app and uh, what's the best way. And, and if they want to contact you, uh, maybe because you are, you have got a lot of great knowledge, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, all the usual social channels, Thriver Apps on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. 
you can reach me at just gareth at thriverapp.com and get on the website, which is thriverapp.com. Best thing to do right now, though, is just download the app. Download the app, which is on Google Play and the App Store. It's our yep. beta version, but it adds a lot of value already. And, um, yeah, just start using it. If you've got any questions, feel free to fire me an email. Again, that email address is just gareth at thriverapp.com. And I noticed from reading your bio, we we usually finish uh, each episode with a, a favourite song or a song that mm. resonates with you. And uh, I noticed that uh, your song, or one of them, was Old Man, Take a Look at Me Now. <laughs> yeah, the Neil Young, yeah, the Neil Young song. I think it's... Um, He's showing you know, your he... age. Showing my age, yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh... Well, I think for me that song, I, I, I like just listening to the song, but I think it's our, our fathers and our parents um, obviously play a major role in our lives. And it's not until you get older, until perhaps you realise how much of a role that they played in who you've become. And so I like that song because it reminds me um, where I've come from, but it also is a good reminder of how I need to behave as a as a parent to my kids. Yeah, amazing. Well, Gareth, well said. Gareth, it's been a pleasure. It Look, has I'm, been. Um, I, I class you as a friend, so I guess it's a little bit different. But I it's don't. Been, but it's been <laughs> it's been a pleasure <laughs> and a privilege to have you on float your boat, right, George? Yes, it's been a privilege. Even though you're not my friend, you're an acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could, you could bridge the gap, one, George. You, 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 you have a long way to go to catch up on uh, on uh, your understanding of stoicism, and then I'll let you in. Help, help <laughs> me out. You know, it's a learning, it's a journey, you know, gentlemen. It's a journey. You, you know, it's a Greek thing, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So, originally Greek, right? Greek to Roman. So yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> so are goats, George. So are goats, man. <laughs> No, thank you. Thanks, guys, for your for the invitation and the time. Really appreciate it. Great yeah, to have a chat. It's been a, been a pleasure, mate. You take Thanks, care. Thanks, mate. Speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.
around the same old town doesn't mean that much to me to mean that much to you i've been first and last look at how the time 